0: Today we have a, an esteemed panelist, she's been on before, uh, but an incredible, incredible nurse. Uh, Adelina Marshall, She is a VA mental health RN, and has been helping our veterans uh, for some time. I'm, I'm not going to tell too many things about how long she's been practicing, but it's been long enough uh, to take care of hundreds of thousands of veterans uh, across uh, our state, and uh, has contributed to mental health as well nationally. We have, um, you know, also uh, one of the things that she is really uh, intimately involved with is the National Nurses uh, United. And I want to uh, talk about to Adelina about why we should care about the VA today. And, you know, one of the earlier shows we had, they said that we have an $18 billion budget plan to rebuild the VA. Um, and uh, maybe you can touch on that a little bit too, Adelina. But welcome, welcome, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you um, for having me on, and uh, Cliff Kelly, as well as Glenda Smith, WBON. Um I'd like to talk about um, rebuilding the VA. The VA is in the process of um, building new hospitals as well as satellite uh, VA mm-hmm. locations around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, And when you state, why should we care, the reason we should care is these are our veterans. Um, They have shown their dedication to America and to American lives, and we must now show that same dedication to them. And even though the VA is building uh, new sites and uh, satellite sites to make it easier for the veterans to have access to care, one of the impacts that uh, impacts the VA is our ability to hire, and um, 7422, is, we're trying to have that removed so that the VA can hire nurses and doctors and social workers and other employees at a more rapid rate. Right now, that slows down the hiring rate, and we are a deficit, so as we're opening up all these other sites, we need staff to be able to staff uh, those sites for our veterans. And what's the name
0: also, of that regulation again?
1: Seventy-four twenty-two. We're uh-huh. asking that it be repealed. Uh-huh. And for our listeners, if they would just contact their congressmen or senators, um, you can have that discussion with them. The VA is. Really, one of the few uh, government entities that have that 7422. So, it in effect crippled the VA and being able to hire the staff needed to provide the services to our veterans. And at such a critical time as the world is in now in the United States and many of our cities, um, there is a critical shortage of healthcare personnel, especially with this pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. And I would like to encourage all of our listeners, not just our veterans, but their family members to get vaccinated. And the family members can receive their vaccination at the VA. Okay. So if you have any concern about affordability, it is free. And our veterans don't have to pay for the vaccine, nor does the family members. Actually, it's free throughout the United States. So we like to encourage everyone to get this vaccine. When you tell your veterans, thank you for your service, this is a way to show them that you're thankful for their service by not exposing them to a deadly virus that could take their lives they've survived Mm -hmm. through the military whether they were on the front line Mm -hmm. or in other capacity but here they'll come home and then the people who now should be protecting them will be exposing them to a deadly virus
0: yeah i always remember this one thing uh it was from patton the movie and uh george c scott played patton and uh, towards the end of the show, uh, right at the end of the show, he said, you know, I've gone through battle. I've, you know, gone through mortars and, you know, all these bombs and everything else. And, 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 and the last thing, he was walking down the street and his uh, cart got loose and it almost killed him. And he said, he said, what would this be to get killed by a cart when I went through all of these battles and war and never, you know, uh, got killed? Uh, so you know to, to die from a virus that's completely preventable, as you were saying is just uh insane. We you know make sure you do get vaccinated if you have not been vaccinated as yet. And on that note, you know, right now the FDA, I know, is still um, in a formulation stamp point of view. They voted on uh, having the, uh, at least the advisory committee to the uh, FDA uh, voted on, you know, doing a third dose or the booster shot, as it's being called, uh, for, you know, those people who've had um, the COVID-19 vaccine thus far. But any, any word on that as yet about you know who will be uh, it will be available to they they said that definitely people you know 65 and older and then also those people with some chronic medical conditions as well um yeah um, yeah. go
1: ahead Mm -hmm. and medical personnel it'll be also uh, available to them Mm -hmm. i was walking the units the other day and checking on our nurses and I was on one of the units that are caring for our our veterans who are uh, afflicted with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, how hard we fight to save lives, how hard as medical personnel um, and the doctors have to take an oath Mm -hmm. to save lives. And this is what we're trying to do now. We're trying to save lives. And I've been doing this for uh over forty years, advocating for care, advocating for delivery of uh safe and effective care, advocating for enough staff to develop to deliver that care. And as I walk through the unit, there, you know, there's shortages, even in your telehealth program where we have to call the veterans and, you know, check up and follow on them, follow up on them. But for those who don't see having or getting the vaccine as a necessity, just think: as your loved ones are inflicted with this uh, this virus, how challenging and almost non-existent it will be to save their lives. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many uh, families at the bedside, but I've used to work uh, at a children's hospital. And I had to stop because it was just too emotionally um, yes, yes. painful to yeah. see yeah. them suffer the way they are. Okay. And so all of us have children in our family, in our community, uh, our neighborhoods, our cousins, nieces, grandkids. It is so important that you get this vaccine because the vaccine is not available to them and we have to protect them. And many of them are a veteran's offspring. There are veterans, grandchildren and nieces. And, you know, many of our veterans that we get speak so proudly of their family and, and the support that they have. And they, they need their family for that support as they struggle with some of their health care that was, um, that may, they may have gotten at while serving, um, serving in the, in the military. So I, I, that just kind of hit me as I'm walking through the hospital and mm-hmm. I'm looking at everybody trying and, and the nurses and the doctors are afraid too. They're afraid that sure. they're going to be sure. infected by um, patients who are coming in that are not vaccinated.
0: Right. or well, they may take it back uh, to their family members, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Right. And uh, by October the 8th, um, all federal employees, especially in the medical field, will have to be vaccinated. So, I want our veterans to feel safe mm-hmm. coming into the VA because yeah. we have to be vaccinated. There'll be very few. You know, there's some may have some medical religious reasons for not getting vaccinated, but it'll be very, very few. And the majority mm-hmm. of the employees at the VA will have to be vaccinated. So we're doing all we can to provide a safe environment for our veterans to come to. But we also need a safe environment to work in, and we would like to encourage our veterans to come in and to get vaccinated.
0: Yeah, and one one of the things, um, you know, it's premium no doceria, you know, at first do no harm. And as a medical provider, you have an obligation not to do harm to your patients by your behavior. And uh, getting vaccinated is one of those things that ensures that you are not carrying a deadly virus to a child who has cancer, to a veteran who has cancer, who has, uh, you know, other medical conditions like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or asthma, uh, where you can you can really end their life by your action, by your inaction, by not getting vaccinated. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things I always tell students is remember, you know, science never asks for you to believe in it but it's incredibly unforgiving if you don't. So, you know, you can walk to the edge of a cliff and take a step, and gravity doesn't care about what you think on the way down. <laughs> and at the bottom, if you survive, you may be, become a believer. Uh, so vaccinations work. They're effective, and they're safe, and they have been uh, proven to keep people out the hospital. You know, over 97% of the people who are being hospitalized right now are people who are unvaccinated. It's, it's 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 a mm-hmm. it is a fact. You know, I don't care about the geopolitics and what one commentator says, another commentator says. It is a scientific fact, and if you can't see that, then uh, you know, being in the discipline of medicine, I have a question about whether you should be in it or not.
1: Right, um, those commentators have really not vested um, in the community, and they're vested in in other issues. You're correct which we don't want to make this political. We want to make it about yes. uh, people surviving. And one another uh, situation that had occurred two weeks ago, I have a friend who was um, found um, dead in her home. And they didn't, in this particular state, not Illinois, but another state, did not even do an autopsy, although she had no medical mm-hmm. uh, issues. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, they don't want those numbers so they don't care what you're dying from. They don't even want the numbers of COVID deaths to be reported. And this mm. is a way that they can avoid reporting it, because if they don't do an autopsy, they're not going to know what you died from. Oh my So goodness. our listeners have to ask the question, why? Why don't they want you to know the amount of people being inflicted with this virus and what it is doing to them? And you can. Some people think that oh, I'll be okay. It's like the flu, but for ex- from experience and from personal knowledge, it is not like the flu. A uh, few people may you know get it and it'll be light, but others may uh, get it and it is a serious um, infection, and they could literally die overnight because they haven't. Um, therapy for that and been sick for a while. Or on the news recently, they talked about uh, one area where somebody went to 43 hospitals and they could not find a wow. ICU bed for them. And this is in the United States. This is not in a third world country where uh, there's hospitals here and there. This is the United States. And they could not find an ICU bed for them.
0: Yes. I've been hearing that over and over again I, I know that uh, you know especially in Southern Illinois, region five, you know um, uh, you know we have uh, eleven re- regions if you go counterclockwise around the state from the northernmost part of portion of Illinois and go on the uh, east you know, on the western border, you go from one down to five at the bottom of the state and then uh, ten is uh, Cook County and eleven is uh, Chicago. And in region five, uh, they are really being hit pretty hard by not having availability of hospital beds. Uh, I think that for one, Region 5 has about 20 counties involved that are included in that. And those 20 counties have about 88 ICU beds. And so it's hitting our general population. They're even looking at using the VA hospitals as a backup uh, to, you know, f- for patients to stay who are not veterans as well. So the VA system is playing a critical role. In making sure that we have the reserves and the backup that we need, even for the civilian population right now.
1: (laughs) This is, um, for our listeners, what I would like to have you to think about. We're vested in you. We care about you. Mm -hmm. We have nothing in the game to keep you, to get the vaccine or not. We're urging you to get it because we we're we care for you. We're invested mm-hmm. in your health. Um, Dr. Arnold and myself have been in medical field for many, many years, mm-hmm. and I've never seen a time like this. And I'm, I'm, you know, much older. I've been in medical field for, for 40 years. I've mm-hmm. never seen a time like this. No. So do yourself and your family and your loved ones a favor, really. It's giving them the gift of life by getting the vaccine.
0: Yeah, I've been in uh, the medical field for 40 years. You know, I started right after uh, elementary school, no, kidding. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but but just uh, kidding. But I, I agree with you. You know, uh, this is something that, you know, I'm sure you've seen it over and over again. I mean, we saw it with uh, things like uh, HIV when it first came in in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the same right. scenario. We're still, we're still talking about saving lives, and um, we're talking about saving the lives of our veterans. And, you know, a veteran who can come home, you know, they have spouses at home, And and, and if they're, you know, a senior, uh, they may come in to get something done, and uh, we need to protect them and the families they go back to as well. So it's Mm -hmm. it's not just about us. It's about what we do and how it affects other people as well. And so I'm really glad you brought that up, uh, uh, Adelina. So, you yeah. know, so, so what, what is your vision? You know, uh, now that we have all this money, right, <laughs> which is not enough, uh, $18 billion sounds like a lot. Uh, but I, I was actually running um, the Illinois Department of Public Health from 2007 to 2011, and my annual budget was about $700 million. So it's just a little bit under, you know, a billion dollars, and that was not enough. <laughs> so you're talking about $18 billion for an entire federal system that's 50 states, uh, you know, all the VA hospitals, the satellites that we want to set up. $18 billion is not as much money as people think it is, uh, you know, in putting a system like that into place. But what will be your vision? What would you? Th- where do you think we need to go? Uh, Is it, you know, refurbishing the hospitals we already have in existence, you know, uh, or is it building completely new structures or what's your vision about what we should be doing?
1: Well, I mean, all of the above, I'd like Mm -hmm. to see more satellite areas so that our veterans aren't impacted by transportation or trying to get to the VA. We need uh, definitely more staff. Um, Out of that money, we also have to have maintenance of, of the buildings, the we just went through a, you know, very hot summer. Our uh, air conditioning on some of the units were breaking down and, you know, having to get those. And those are emergency repairs. Um, our, You know, our veterans um, have to be made, cared for in an environment that is um, safe for them. Mm-hmm. So I think we need um, more education or looking at how can we reach our veterans because we do offer a lot of, education. But how do we reach our veterans to get them and encourage them to come in? When they go to other hospitals, uh, yeah, you're going to get care. But you're not going to get the kind of care that we deliver at the VA. I mean, we, we're concerned when our veterans come in and don't have proper clothing. Uh, we're concerned if they're getting ready to go to a long-term program that they don't have a suitcase to pack their items in. And a lot of the staff contributes that to our veterans. Uh, Shoes, Mm -hmm. um, clothing, you're you're not going to get that at private sector hospitals because we know you. You're just not a number to us. We're vested in you. I I have veterans who have been coming to to Jesse Brown, where I work at, for over 20-some years. Mm -hmm. And I know their families and I know of their families. And you know, I, I ask them, how are they doing? How's your son? How's your daughter? Oh, she's going to college. She used my benefits uh, to go to college. Oh, I've got one daughter. She's in the medical field. I have somebody else who's going to be, uh, I think, recently a guy told me about a chemical engineer mm-hmm. that may be working for um, one of our, our major corporations. And so you're not going to get that in private sector. You know, they're going to do what they have to do, and then you're gone. But for us at the VA, and I feel strongly I could speak for many of our employees there, because I see what they do. They'll bring them coffee. They bring them um, personal hygiene, uh, care items. We're vested in our veterans. And why would you want to go anyplace else? I would rather go to a place that I know... People care about me and care about my issues and my concerns. And we have social workers there. We have um, housing where we'll try to get veteran housing and things like that. So we need our veterans to come to the VA. But the VA also has to invest the money and and be accountable for the money that's been provided to um, provide the kind of care that our veterans need and deserve.
0: Yeah, and you know yeah. now veterans also you know they underpin all uh, all the critical infrastructure and key resource sectors that and, uh, that keep our society moving right, the energy fields, the transportation. Uh, they, the veterans are also you know involved with critical things that we need to do, tasks that need to be done uh, within our society, um, and and this underpinning of this is really um, taking care of them is also taking care of our nation. Uh, many of them are, uh, you know, firefighters. The, many of them are police officers. Many of them yeah. are things that actually protect our nation. And uh, so when veterans come back, they need the kind of care that keeps them in the game. And, right. uh, you know, uh, right now we have this whole issue going on with, um, you know, the rally in, um in Uh, Washington, D.C., and people have their right to their own opinion and to, you know, free speech and all of that. But let us not forget those uh, people who died uh, who were at the Capitol. And, you know, maybe they needed some VA services, too. We had veterans who served on the special, you know, on the uh, special, uh, you know, secret service and uh, special forces that are in Uh, D.C. We need to be protecting these people because it protects our Constitution and our way of life.
1: Right, you're 100%. Right, many of our veterans work at the VA. They're doctors like you. They're nurses. Mm -hmm. And believe me, they are on top of it because they want to make sure that they're advocates for their brothers and sisters that are coming in to get treatment there. Mm -hmm. So um, you're in really good hands because, again, many of our police uh, officers and Dr. Brown are veterans.
0: That's right. Okay, well, thank you so much, Adelina. Uh, We are so great to have you on here, uh, Partner National Nurses United. And uh, make sure you call about that repeal of 7422. Contact your congressmen and senators, as Adelina was saying. But thank you for what you do for our veterans every day. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.